Likutei Sichais, Chelek Tezvah, Volume 15, the first Sicha for Hanukkah. Uh, this Sicha will explain the difference in expressions in the prayer which we recite following the, can, the, can, the lighting of the Hanukkah candles, the Haneiros Halolu, where there's a variation between the beginning, the order of the expressions, and the end, where we, where we sign off, where we conclude our expression of gratitude and thanks to Hashem. In this sicha, we will see how everything is precise, everything is exact, and even the expressions we use and the order of the expressions have a very, very special meaning, and they hold a very special place in the prayers that we say. Just as a small and uh, short introduction to make it easier to flow through the sicha, so there is a rule that the evening prayer, we know we pray three times a day, shachris, mincha, and mairif. Shachris and mincha are mandatory, are obligatory, because they correspond to the offerings which were offered in the Beit HaMikdash, in the Holy Temple, and thus they are considered to be obligatory. In the times of the Talmud, as the Talmud states, the evening prayer, Mairiv or Arvit, was actually Rishut. Rishut means it was voluntary, meaning there isn't an abs- absolute imperative to, uh, to uh, recite the prayer. However, just to note that nowadays, being that it's already become a widely accepted custom to pray, it is really obligatory. It's something that has, an, has the status of obligation for everyone. But in the, in the time of the Talmud, and that is the same time when the miracle of Hanukkah, was the, the, the festival of Hanukkah, that is, to celebrate the miracle of Hanukkah, was enacted at that time period, Mairiv was still considered to be a rishus, a voluntary prayer. Another thing that's worth going over in order for us to be able to flow through the Sicha, the miracle of the jug of oil, that one jug of oil that they found. If you recall, the miracle is that they were searching for oil that was uncontaminated, meaning it wasn't ritually rendered impure by coming in contact with the non-Jews, with anyone that is impure. And they searched and they searched, and finally they found one jug that still had the seal of the Kohen Gadol, of the high priest on it, indicating that it was untampered. However, Tosvos, who is one of the primary commentaries on the Talmud, points out that it must be that it was found in such a position, in such, in such a manner, that it was clear that it was not touched, that it was not compromised in any way. How so? He says that it was found buried in the ground. You see, because if it wasn't found buried in the ground, then there's no indicator, there's no way of knowing that it wasn't touched, that it wasn't tampered with. It's just that it wasn't broken, the seal. But perhaps once it was touched, once the vessel becomes impure, then its content also be becoming pure. Thus, Tosis concludes that this vessel, this little jug of oil that was found, this one, this one jug of oil, this solitary jug of oil that was found, was actually found buried in the ground. And this has the value of, A, you know that it wasn't touched, it wasn't tampered with, and B, even if for some reason somebody touched the edge of it, but the fact that it's in the ground, something that's in the ground is not mekabel tuba, is not susceptible for impurity. Let's go into it. So the Anir Salolu, we begin by saying, 
that these candles which we light, I'm paraphrasing, we do so, Anumadlikim, we light them, for the Teshuot, Teshuot means the saving acts, for the Nisim, for the miracles, and for the Niflaot, for the wonders, which you have done to our ancestors in those days. Then, at the end, we conclude and we say that now we are to praise you, we are to thank you and glorify your name, Al Nisecha, for your miracles, Val and for your wonders, Va'al Yeshua Secha, and for all your saving acts. So now you see clearly that it's a totally different order, totally discrambled, not even going from backwards to from beginning to end, from end to beginning, but totally in a different mat in a different order. What is behind this? What is the reason for it? So, first of all, from the fact that we mention various kinds of expressions of wonders, of miracles, of saving acts, that in itself is an indicator that the candles that we light and the prayer that follows it is not just to thank Hashem for this special miracle of having found this jug of oil, but rather that it includes all of the miracles that occurred. And remember, with miracles that occurred is not just a jug of oil, but it's the entirety of the war. As we say, the, the Hashem gave the many in the hands of the few, the strong in the hands of the weak. In other words, this is not just exclusively to thank Hashem for the miracle related to the candles, related to the oil, rather to all of the miracles that happened in that period, time period, all the miracles that led up to it, the sum total of the miracles of Hanukkah. And this actually explains something very interesting. We have a very interesting parallel festival, and that is Purim. On Purim, we know that there is an obligation to thank Hashem both by night and by day for His wonders, for the miracles that took place then. How do we do so? We read the Megillah. We read the Megillah at night, and then we repeat it by day, as it says in the Talmud, as we do today. The question is, on the night of Hanukkah, where is the expression of thanks for all the wonders that Hashem did, for the miracles that He did in relation to the war that they won over, like we said before, the many, that the few won over the many, that the weak won over the strong. You see, because if you would argue that that is expressed in the Al-Hanisim, in that short insert, the prayer that we say, in the Amidah, or in the Birkat Amazon, in the grace after the meal, well, that perhaps would not be sufficient. Because, you see, there is no obligation to eat on the night of Hanukkah. Thus, it's possible for one to not even have an opportunity to recite the Birkat Amazon. And as we mentioned in the introduction, especially at the time when the miracle of Hanukkah, the, fest, the festival of Hanukkah, that is, was enacted, Arvit, the evening prayer, was still considered a reshut. It wasn't mandatory. Thus, when would a Jew express his thanks at night? For At night, when would a Jew express the gratitude and thanks to Hashem for the miracles that occurred at Hanukkah? But this that we just said actually explains this because it's clear that when we light the candles which, by the way, lighting candles in themselves is also an act of expressing our gratitude to Hashem, as we find in various uh, contexts. And 
especially in the prayer which we say, as we said, we say three different expressions of wonders, of miracles, of, of saving acts, that includes all of the various miracles that took place. Thus, we do thank Hashem at night for all the miracles. And then, of course, by day, we have mandatory prayers in which we do say the Al-Hanisim. And now we'll also understand why the switch of the order of, the exp- of these three expressions. You see, in the beginning of the Neirot Halalu, in the beginning of this short prayer, we express, we cite the miracles, the wonders, in the order that they occurred, in their chronological order. Thus, the order of Al-Hatshuot, V'al-Hanisim, for the saving acts, for the miracles, and for the wonders. However, at the end, when we're expressing our gratitude, when we're expressing our thanks to Hashem, for all the miracles, we do so in a different order which best or better expresses the person's likeness to say thank you. In other words, it better, it, 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 it expresses a person's reaction to what a person would typically thank Hashem for. Something that would garnish in the person a wow, a like wow, look how beautiful, look how great these things happen. And let's explain. You see, when there's a war between two fighting factions, two armies, assuming that these armies are more or less equally equipped and equal in number and power, still you need to have Hashem's saving act. Because the fact is that one loses, one is victorious, and the other one is defeated. So even in a regular case, when both are on equal footing, you need to have Hashem's Involvement. You need to have Yeshuat Hashem, the saving acts of Hashem. Then you have the idea of a miracle, Nisim. What is a Nis? A miracle is something which is clearly a salvation, which is beyond the norm, which is, as we call it, Lemaila Min Hateva. It is above nature. It's something which is, wow, totally out of the field, totally out of the realm of nature. And then you have niflaot. What is niflaot? Wonders. Wonders are such type of miracles, such type of salvation and occurrences, where on the one hand, they trigger in the person a, an expression of wow, an expression of wonder. You notice that something amazing happened there. Something extraordinary took place. Yet at the same time, it's something of such nature that it is somehow... It is still connected, that is, excuse me, it is still connected and it has a footing in in nature. In other words, it's a natural thing. It's not something that's supernatural, but at the same time, you can see that something extraordinary occurred. In other words, it's not a total miracle which is removed from nature altogether, yet it gets a wow. It's something special. And now we can understand the order. You see, in the beginning of Aneris Alolu, as we are listing the miracles in the order that they occurred, first we say, al hatishuot for the saving acts. You see, the very first act, the very, like the opening act, the trigger to the whole entire story of Hanukkah was a story that took place in Modi'in. Modi'in is the city of the Hashmanaim, or a.k.a. the Maccabees. 
over there, the Greeks, as they were implementing their aggression and their determination to root out Judaism, they tried to force the Kohanim to offer on an altar to offer a pig, a non-kosher animal. A, it was outside of the Bet HaMikdash, and B, it was a non-kosher animal. And that's when they stood up against that small band of Greek soldiers, and they decimated them. Now, that is a saving act, because you see, they were somewhat equal in number. They were some kind of, there was like an equal challenge there. They were equally equipped, and they were dealing with a very small number of soldiers. So that's why we first say, Al-Hachuot. However, what is the next step? Al-Hanisim, the miracles. Why the miracles? Because that's when Antiochus, the Greek king, that's when he called in all the troops. And that's when an all-out war began against the Jews, trying to totally stamp them out, try to, 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 with an attempt to totally defeat them and annihilate any resistance. But that's when the very few, now facing this big giant army of hundreds of, of thousands of soldiers, well-equipped versus them who were ill-equipped and just small in number, and yet there was the miracle, which is totally supernatural, and they were able to defeat them. So this is an absolute revealed miracle. Now, the next stage was after the war was over, and finally they were able to re-enter the Holy Temple, the Beit HaMikdash, and start to search for the oil in order to reenact and reconvene the service in the Beit HaMikdash, and the first thing is to light the menorah, that's when they found this one jug. And as we already discussed in the introduction, this one jug was hidden in the ground. So it is wondrous, it's an amazing thing that they're able to find that one jug, and clearly you can see the hand of God, but yet at the same time, it's something which is not supernatural, it's explainable. Somehow that thing ended up, that jug of oil ended up in the ground, buried in the ground, and that can explain, if one wants to explain it rationally, why the Greeks did not get to it. In other words, it's not exclusively a supernatural miracle. However, this is all in the phase of Davanera Salalu as we describe the miracles as they occurred then, quote, that you did to our ancestors. However, when you get to the end of the Ahalanisim, of the Hanera Salalu, when we come to the latter part, in which we are thanking Hashem, we're expressing our gratitude, our sense of appreciation of what happened, then we, we list it in accordance of the order that typically a person would get most impressed by. And then, of course, the first thing is you thank Hashem for miracles, because they're clear, open, and obvious miracles. You see supernatural occurrences that such a small band of, of, of fighters who are ill-equipped and ill-trained, that they should win such a powerful, mighty army, that's a clear miracle. And then the next step we go to, we say, Al-Nisecha, for your miracles, and then we say, and for your wonders. Again, this is thanking Hashem for the finding of the oil. That even though, as we explained, you could possibly explain it, it could rationalize it from a natural uh, occurrence perspective, yet 
we express our gratitude how, wow, this was so special. This is something that Hashem did. This is Hashem orchestrated and made it happen so that that jug of oil should end up in the ground and we should find it later. And then later, of course, came the miracle, the clear and open miracle that it lasted for not one day, but eight days. Then we come to the third part that we express our recognition and an appreciation of the fact that even those things that occurred that would seem to be on the level of nature, of the norm, those little battles where we won, we were, we were equal in number perhaps, or equal in might, and yet we say, we conclude with Al Yeshua Techa for your saving acts. Because we, we, a Jew expresses and a Jew appreciates how even in those things we see Hashem's hands, we see that Hashem was the one who pulled off the miracle for us. A little deeper. To get take us a step a step deeper, the truth is, because we hear really the question that could be asked. Once you mention miracles, once you even mention wonders, why mention those saving acts, which, like we said, are totally on the realm of nature, totally in the realm of realm of the norm, right? Why even mention it? You already mentioned the greater miracles. Why mention the lesser miracles? You already mentioned the greater inter, inter, intervention of God. Why mention the lesser ones? The answer is that from a certain perspective, Yeshuot, which are the saving acts, which are connected exclusively, I mean absolutely, to nature, in those is really where Jew totally and absolutely expresses how everything comes from Hashem. And as we'll explain, according to Hasidus, the truth is, that everything that happens in a Jew's life is really directly from God. However, most of our lives, we don't see miracles. We don't see the splitting of the sea every day. We don't experience clear and outright obvious miracles. Why? Because Hashem camouflages everything in what we call levushei hateva, in the garments of nature. They become concealed. And it looks like it's just a natural, natural occurrence, just like in a non-Jew's life. It looks like, you know, you go to work, you're in a living, you eat, you're full, you're, you, 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 you take care of your health, you're healthy. We don't see directly and clearly and obviously how it's all coming directly for Hashem. However, when Hashem opens our eyes and suddenly we see miracles around us, suddenly we see wonders around us, that's when we get a true appreciation. We begin to see, we begin to appreciate that even those things that are on the level of Yeshuot, that are on the level of, quote, nature, even those, or especially those, are really coming directly from Hashem. Are coming straight from Hashem, but it's just that they are, like we said, garb, they are camouflaged, in the garments, so to speak, in the concealment of nature. So, which is greater, after all? In other words, from another angle, why mention, again, why mention the wonders, I mean, the, the saving acts, once you've mentioned miracles? The answer is that, on, from a certain perspective, if we look at it from this following angle, we'll appreciate how Yeshuot are even greater than they seem how the, quote, saving acts that are within nature are even greater than wonders and even greater than miracles. You see, because miracles, as great as they are, they have a certain limitation. What is the limitation? Because they come from a point in godliness, which is the revelation, meaning there is a revealed part of godliness, and then there's the concealed and totally abstract part of godliness that never gets revealed. Miracles happen in the open. 
That's why we appreciate them. We see them. We see a miracle occur. It shatters the norm of nature. Thus, we see it. Thus, we appreciate it. But the limitation of it is that it only comes from a level of godliness which has already, so to speak, some connection to the world, some connection to revelation. Even wonders, which, like we said, are already somewhat concealed within nature, but still they are clearly visible that they are, they, and they get the wow, they get that exciting reaction of something special occurred here. Again, that's from the realm of godliness, which is in the realm of, or available for, revelation. Whereas that which happens in nature, which is totally concealed by nature, as we know, the higher something is, the lower it goes, and it gets expressed in the very lowest, that is actually the ultimate level, The ultimate comes from the ultimate realm of godliness, that which cannot be revealed in this world, not even in a manner of miracle. And that's why it totally and always and absolutely remains concealed within nature. So in that sense, when we say, al-nisecha, ve'al-niflotecha, ve'al-yeshuotecha, actually we're going from lower to higher. Nase is great. Miracle is great. But Niflaut is even greater because it already has a connection to nature. Still, it has a connection to miracle. But Yeshuotecha, which is totally connected to and concealed within nature, that really, now we have the, the, the appreciation of it because the miracles trigger that. That really, we see, comes directly from godliness, from such a high point that it is, it is um, uh, that the Jew says, wow, thank you, Hashem, noticing and realizing and appreciating that everything that happens in our lives happens from Hashem.